0: Thank you. Welcome to Night Out Minute. One last time for me and one last time for my guest. I am your host Darren. My guest today for the final time this week is Philip. Hello Philip. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great because we are covering Minute 125. It goes from two hours, uh, four minutes to two hours, four minutes, 59 seconds. Uh, this is the, this is basically the end of the action in the film. Uh, sorry to the host for next week, but basically you get like 20 seconds of, of Marta and then it's credits for the rest of the time. So but a great 20 seconds.
1: It's a great 20 seconds. Yes.
0: Guys. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. No, yeah there's, I mean, it's, it's basically, it's, again, it is paying off something that was set up like at the start. Of Pay the film, off city. So, which we're not going to. We're not going to spoil because obviously, you know, we can only spoil as far as we've got in the film. (laughs) Um, And in this minute, we after um, Benoit has wandered off, it says in the script, he gives her a wink and strolls off, which I think is a nice way of putting it. Um, Marta goes to the foyer, uh, which I don't think is a set. I think it's actually the inside of the second house that they use because the exterior is a different house. Um, which we will get to in a second, Uh, she looks at this portrait of Harlan, which has been recurring throughout the film. Um, And if you've thought to yourself, that doesn't look like it did last time, then you are correct, because its expression changes each time during the film. Um, But we'll talk about that more in a second. And of course, uh, we then cut to the exterior, and she is on the front porch slash balcony um, and this is the moment where we finally see ransom get put into the back of the cruiser um, as she stands at the top looking down on the family um, and we start to get the camera pull back just a little bit so we can see where the family is standing and we can see uh, another payoff Richard has got a black eye um, yeah. somebody has has somebody has between these two minutes off screen, Punched him in the eye. And I think we can all guess that we definitely know it's Linda that has done that. Yeah. Um, and that, that, I mean, it kind of ends just before we get the final kind of pull out and we see the whole family kind of standing on the lawn. Uh, that will be covered in the first episode of next week. Um, and that is where our week ends. So first of all, I think we can cover the Richard thing first because I think that's just like a well, I, I want to first,
1: of- I want to first interject one thing that, I go for I it. noted that this this minute ends with Mick Jagger saying
0: eyeballs there you go so obviously that is paid off I'm <laughs> not I mean <laughs> we'll off. talk a little bit about the song later on I don't yeah, want to sure. get too much into it because obviously uh, that will be a lot of the next move, I just but, thought it was a fun yeah, so- I just thought
1: it was a funny line and I was like <laughs> buy your
0: eyeballs and uh, yeah yeah. And uh, so obviously, you know, Linda has read the letter. We, know, I mean, all the pieces have been laid out. and So this is the, kind of the, the penultimate thing to get paid off. Yep. Um, Richard has been punched in the face and he's standing there with like, you know, some redness on the one side of his eye. So, uh, you know, obviously, Linda, uh, you know, what was in the letter, we can kind of guess because she's obviously acted upon it. Um, but I do think that's like a funny thing to do, like to, to off screen in between the previous minute, where obviously he was shouting for the lawyer for ransom, and then this minute, you know, obviously the conversation with blank and Marta happens, and then we come back, and Richard has got a black eye, and it's like, oh, so obviously Linda has done something. But I like, I mean, that's you know, this is what makes uh, Ryan Johnson, you know, a great director. Rather than having the confrontation on screen, you know, the yelling, the screaming, the accusations, right? You know any rather than having any of that he's already had the full details explained to us earlier in the film where you know Harlem found out about it and told the information to uh, marta and then obviously you know put it in the notes so all of that's been set up and the payoff is just done off screen um, and i think that's probably one of the funniest things and, in the film is just like the fact that and it's also one of those
1: things back. it's also one of those things i didn't notice at the first time i watched it um, oh, okay it's also not something that's important to the story You know, so I can, I can attest personally, I missed it and I didn't miss it necessarily. It's great that it's, (laughs) it's great that it's there, but it didn't, it didn't hurt the end. And it's almost, I wonder, I, I don't know how consciously it was like a joke, you know, set up and then pay off, or you'd almost think that like, we're in the flow of getting to the end here. The movie's not about Richard anymore, so don't don't give that guy any more air you know we've had we're we're running through payoff city here we it's about marta and the family so i wonder if it was even an editing choice script or you know in the actual uh filming to be like no we're just gonna we're gonna do it here and and then we've bam 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 marta you know
0: it's not indicated in any way in the script that Richard has that black eye. So I feel it's something that was probably on set. They realized that they could kind of get away with kind of doing it off screen to kind of find, I mean, effectively, that's the last kind of dangling end in terms of the storyline. So it just ties that last kind of thing up before uh, we kind of focus back onto Marta. Um, So, but yeah, it's, you know, it's just a humorous little thing. It's like, okay, so obviously Linda's read that because there is quite a, I mean, this week we've had quite a bit of build up in terms of Linda reading the note so it would be odd not to pay that off in any way so yeah, just sure. the kind of a punch off screen is, is probably about as much and also uh, the fact that Linda isn't getting arrested either so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing Richard is like you know not going to try and press charges or anything but there are a lot of police there so if she has hit him you know they're all witnesses to it yeah. so uh, but yeah you know again she's a rich white lady so I yeah. don't think she'd be going to prison and that is something that I wish to discuss on this episode which I mentioned earlier in <laughs> rich, the week which rich is, white ladies <laughs> uh, no, Ransom is putting put into the back of this cruiser yes. Finally, after yes. like three minutes of him Gradually being <laughs> handcuffed And slowly moved towards it right? And so the question is, do you think that You know, following all of this Ransom is going to go to prison for the murder of Fran
1: um, um, in In the I'll answer sort of two ways Because in the world Of the movie, yes You know, I, I Kind of think given movie logic where we're ending and how we're ending you know there's a sort of inertia effect to movies that you know this is where it's headed that is what happens you know if we don't if we are not told otherwise i think that's what what happens but in the real world you know I mean, in the real world, probably none of this would have ever happened. He would gotten away scot-free anyway. So in, in the in the real world, <laughs> yeah. I think there's at least a legal fight that goes on. I mean, I'm going to be Captain Bringdown here, but I mean, we're currently living through uh, Bill Cosby just having been released from prison on a technicality. So if that can happen, then Ransom, handsome white guy, is going to be just fine, which is gross.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, you know, obviously, within the film, uh, you know, the good get rewarded. You know, mm-hmm. Marta is now a multimillionaire with a gigantic house, <laughs> yeah. and as we'll see in the next minute, a nice new cup. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I she she's getting rewarded because she is deep down a good person, and she, as as Blank said in the previous minute, you know, she played her game. She didn't yeah. follow Harlan's you know so game. My so. uh,
1: my time machine might work to bring us back there. But I wanted to point that out in the previous minute. It is interesting that he uses the term game and you played the game and you won. It's, I I, I almost think that's like more like movie voice than character voice, but I think it's okay because it, yeah. that is sort of what it feels like. That's part of the charm of the movie is that it feels like play. And I, I just thought it was a very direct choice that he said that. And yeah, she walks away with fabulous prizes. She... Now, has enough money to help her mom and set herself up for life and to do good and, you know, what have you.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it was just a thought of like, you know, would Ransom be in the real world? Yeah, what do you think? The real what, world? Do you, what are your. I mean, I think in the film, obviously, it the message is, is obviously that the good get rewarded and the mm-hmm. bad get punished. So, uh, in the film, uh, you know, he's obviously going to go to prison. But I think in real life, there's a chance that he would yeah. cut some kind of deal and he might do a few years and then maybe he gets out for good behavior and you know I, I, I mm-hmm. think the kind of the reassuring thing is almost like uh, the, the picture that is painted of all of Harlan's children is that they are stunningly unsuccessful at their enterprises <laughs> sure and that they they cannot for the life of them figure out a way to make money that is not simply just taking it straight out of Right. And And now that now that they
1: don't have it, there's a good chance that he will fail. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. So I I think there's also a chance that, you know, Linda and, you know, Linda and Richard are are obviously going to split up. Uh, The the divorce will probably be quite expensive. So Mm -hmm. any any kind of chance that, you know, Ransom would have some of their money to pay lawyers is probably gone. And, you know, Walter's got nothing, um, you know, like literally he's left with nothing because he never spent the time building his own, you know, kind of, like, you know, he could have written a few books and just being Harlan's son, he probably could have got some of them published while yeah. he was in control of Harlan. You know, the, the, he had the in, but he just never did the effort. Um, so and he's obviously got his awful wife and son to kind of contend with. Um, yeah so, his son
1: His uh, son will probably be fine financially When he figures out how to like overcharge people For cancer medication or something
0: <laughs> Yeah And I think also uh, something which was touched upon By some of the other hosts Which is there were some cutscenes scenes where basically Walt owes The reason he's limping is he owes somebody money For like gambling debts, and they've like basically broken his leg, and that's why he's stumbling around (laughs) with his cane. Uh, It's not an affectation, it's basically a reminder. That's why he's so desperate to, you know, get the rights sold to Netflix so he can make some money. Uh, So obviously, he's in dire financial straits. Uh, Joni has got no money, (laughs) you know, so. Like, not none of them, I think, are going to come to Ransom's rescue in terms of, you know, monetarily. No, so.
1: and even in the movie, I think, in, in the previous minutes, where characters are literally turning away from him, I think that's movie language to say, we are distancing ourselves from this character. Like, I am, yeah. I am not helping you.
0: And additionally, he basically, because he knew about the will, he basically spent the previous hour just winding his entire family up. So I yeah. don't see why they would help him. Um, but yeah. Uh, and and so that kind of brings us to this portrait which um i'm not sure that many people who watch this film really knew this but um it it was done entirely on green screen um the like where the where the portrait is is just a green screen and into that they put like uh this oil painting of harlan and throughout the film the reason for that because obviously they could have got an oil painting made it's not you know it's a hollywood film it's not that hard to get that done. <laughs> I was going to say um, this. This is not a cost-saving exercise. It was a deliberate choice by Ryan Johnson so that he could have the portrait's face change throughout the film. Um, and so as as the film goes on, he starts off kind of being a bit disapproving, mm. and then he's kind of a bit more puzzled, and then he's a kind of you know more unhappy. And then in this final in this final kind of shot, um, as directed in the script, he, it says its grin is now gentle and content, and he does yeah. seem like happier. earlier in the film you know yeah so uh, the fact that you know um the mystery has been solved has obviously pleased you know this mystery writer um but i thought that was an interesting choice to have this this kind of um you know this portrait i honestly
1: i honestly had not noticed it and certainly didn't know that it was a digital projection and that is the type of thing that makes me think i will never direct a movie because well (laughs) like i would have never thought to do that maybe you know like it, that is just i almost want to say it's a crazy idea it's a crazy detail um but it's certainly interesting and i th- and it's interesting that it's in the script and you know i i almost like want to imagine that they were thinking when they were coming up with this story you know they're dealing with so many tropes of the genre that eventually they're going to deal with things like Scooby-Doo where you know, there was a character behind a painting and they look through with their eyes moving and stuff.
0: So I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: imagining them coming up with a story and saying like, oh, should we do the, you know, the guy behind the, patron- the portrait bit? And then that little germ of an idea then going to like, no, but this guy might have a portrait of himself in his own house. And it might be interesting to sort of telegraph very subtly, very generally, the tone at each moment. With that. Yeah. And then they just follow that down. and like, well, we can do that with a green screen. We've got a bunch of green screens lying around. Like, perfect.
0: <laughs> and also, the, the like, the fact that he is basically watching over the family. Right. Like, you know. And, I mean, you know, something, obviously, I haven't really touched upon much this week. But, obviously, like, the production design of the house, and aside from when we talked about, you know, the, the, the knife room. Yeah. The production design of the house is very deliberate in that, it, you know, even though he bought it in the 80s, it does feel like this is a lived-in house. Uh-huh. But everything is. Even though everyone has got their own room, as was made clear, you know, when when the alibi was being established, um, you know, those are just guest rooms. This is Harlan's house. Mm-hmm. Like those rooms aren't. You know, you didn't see Meg in her room, and it's got posters up of of you know. Right, uh, I don't know. She's visiting probably Grandpa's probably house. That's. That's yeah, a and that's and the, and the house is his house. So kind of, and the fact that obviously there is a giant like oil painting of himself in there that probably you know that everyone has to walk past and see, even though he's you know now he's dead. Like it's just always a reminder that this is his house, It's yeah. not their house, and he's the one that paid for it and paid for everything that's in it.
1: It's a weird. Um, it is a that's a real ego trip, you know, to have a painting of yourself in your house. Like I I struggle in my own house with portraits of my own family sometimes like of ones with me in it you know it's yeah it's it is a little weird if you walk into someone's house if i go to your house Darren, and i see a bit the first thing i see is a huge portrait of you or like got it (laughs) okay i know what i'm dealing with here um it's yeah it says something about him but but then that's that's what we're that's what the movie's here to do is say things about these characters.
0: It's
1: yeah. Effective. I mean
0: if I had if I had the money, I'm telling you, I would not I would not hesitate to get like an 8 foot like oil painting of myself Oh, yeah. There's, to be hung. There's
1: a whole just there's a whole network everyone knows. It's a whole network that you yeah. and I are not part of that like rich people say like, "Do you have an oil painting guy?" "Oh, I got one of the best ones. He'll do different versions depending on your mood. So when you're feeling happy, you can put this one up and when you're feeling a little judgmental of your family, you can put this one up." Like, don't do a yeah. green screen. Go, go the whole nine yards. Get ten portraits made of
0: yourself. I mean, that would that would definitely be a mood. Like, yeah. to just kind of get get a bunch of. Don't tell anyone, but just get a bunch of different oil paintings of the exact same oil that's painting good. made, but with different expressions. And then when people come around, you just change the painting and just confuse people and just be like, that, I mean, I feel that is gas. That's gaslighting. That's so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah, Don't that, do that. But that's do that but people. that would be like a but,
1: fun prank. To do to people when we when we can have large gatherings in our house again, um, <laughs> that would be fun.
0: Yeah, so that like they just come around and they'd be like, "Where were you smiling in this painting?" And you're like, "No, never. I've never been smiling in a painting. I've always been frowning." Are you accusing uh,
1: me of having multiple portraits made and then hanging different ones when <laughs> you come?
0: Yeah. Do you think I spent you know fifty thousand pounds getting myself? To have a, a number of oil paintings That's with different expressions. A That's a ridiculous That's idea that yeah. I didn't just. No come one up would with. ever consider that. <laughs> um, I I uh
1: I wanted to jump back a bit, if I may, because you and it. I have been talking about uh, the long stroll that Ransom has to the car. Yeah, and it's even longer. The part that I noticed was not that it took him three minutes to get to the car. It's the fact that they walk him to the car, and then the two cops stop and talk. So ransom can look up at Marta and that's the type of thing that happens in movies. You know, it's like a movie cop thing. Cause like you always have to have, we don't really care about those two police officers. We care about ransom and Marta and the main characters. Right. But it is kind of silly. That it was like, okay, you know, you've got this guy who's a, you know, admitted murderer and total jerk. Walk him you know, like, okay, cops, I'm going to walk him to the car and then I'm going to stop and have like a chit chat about where we're going to have lunch. <laughs> and then I'm going to put him in the car. Like, uh, okay sure it's fine it it's just yeah a funny
0: it's these cops are handling their jobs in interesting ways is what i'm getting at and it, it hasn't even finished because i don't think they've actually managed to put ransom in the car yet that's I true that yeah they, the they're minute.
1: they're having their debate we're like ah, oh, we went to that we went to that bakery last time Well, i don't really have oh you know that place now has tacos so maybe we should go get that <laughs> yeah they've got a lot to figure out like do it on yeah, the ride so- guys
0: I mean, the payoff for that will not be for until the next minute. <laughs> sure. Will the cops uh, so, yeah. get lunch? They're, they're really stretching it out. Yeah. Um, it's, dr- it's, yeah. a movie. Normally, it's the movies. Yeah. Normally on a Friday we would talk about spoilers, but we are at the point where basically the entire film is over. So right? uh, there are no spoilers to talk about. Right. I know that a lot of hosts at this particular point have brought up the subject of um, when you were watching the film, did you figure out... Uh, that it was ransom. I mean, I personally, when it comes to you know mystery films, I don't spend my time trying to figure out who has done it. I yeah. just watch the film, and then when they tell me, I'm like, okay, I trust. I trust that you're correct. On me that. too. I'm not gonna, you know. So uh, me too. So you weren't sitting in the cinema trying to figure out that it was ransom. I mean, I'm sure I
1: was, was. I'm sure I was kind of puzzling it out. But I think to the movie's credit, it was bringing in enough things and enough tension and enough danger that I didn't i i I often i i usually think with murder mysteries that i was about to say with murders um i wouldn't think with mysteries that that's part of the job is to you have to play fair and give the clues so that if people were paying attention to those things they could figure it out but the fun is you bake those clues into enough things so that they have basically enough other, it's a, it's a magic trick. They have enough other things going on that distract them to realize, oh, that wasn't even a clue. I didn't even know that was a clue or I didn't know this would pay off this way. And so long answer is no, I absolutely did not. <laughs> um, I, I, but I wasn't angry about it. I, I yeah. I kind of think sometimes people watch movies or do stories to try to solve how it would work in real life a bit too much. And, I mean, really, it's it's not real. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a movie. So you can just let... You know, I was confident enough that the movie would take care of me. And it did. Yeah, And it, you know, it, it gave me the information, and I was enjoying it. So, no, I, I did I will, not figure
0: it out. I will take this opportunity to tell a story where I accidentally spoiled the ending to a film okay. without realizing that I had spoiled the ending to the film. And for this, we have to go back to 1999, and... Uh, The Blair Witch Project finally came out in the UK. It it took a couple of months and I saw it with a friend of mine. Uh, I got a bit of motion sickness during it and so I had to stare at the ground at some points during the... Fortunately, we were sitting at the front so it was easy enough for me to stare at the ground for a couple of seconds to kind of reorient myself. But before the film started, uh, there was a trailer for The Sixth Sense and... I obviously hadn't seen The Sixth Sense. Uh, This was in the days when The Sixth Sense came out in America like a couple of months before Uh and took its time to get over here. So I'd heard that there's a twist in The Sixth Sense. And I think everybody in the UK had heard that. But we didn't know what The Twist was because, obviously, at the time, there was a thing where people would be like, you know, have you seen The Sixth Sense before they started discussing The Twist? Right. And... And so you know that was it was one of these weird things where like it became a thing where people would check before trying to you know discuss the twist. These days, obviously, people will spoil anything all the time, and I'm about to spoil the Sixth Sense again. Uh, you know, 22 years you, on. Yeah, and I think you're everybody put your earmuffs <laughs> on, but I think you're fine. And and so I I as the trailer came on, obviously I knew there was a twist, but I didn't know what it was. So I just turned to my friend and as a joke I said to him, <laughs> "Do you realize?" The twist in that film is that Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. Wow. And I said that as literally a gag. Like I was just joking. I didn't I didn't mean that. I was just trying to come up with the most ridiculous twist I could think of. Yep. And so I you know, I just said that to my friend and you know, he he was mildly amused by it. Cut to November 1999. And I go to the cinema. Now, here's the width. I saw The Sixth Sense twice in one day, but I didn't stay at the cinema. I actually went and met some friends, and then I went back to the cinema later in the same day, having already seen the film for the first time. So I saw it the second time about seven hours after I'd seen it the first time with, with some friends. Because uh, obviously, I you know, it was highly anticipated film, so I wanted to see it as quickly as I could. Um, so I went by myself in the morning. Uh, I think I saw like a 12 o'clock show or something. And as it got towards the end of the film, I was like... Hold on a second. Mm. Well, what is what is what is going on here? And and obviously Tony Collett is in this, so it, it yeah, it all it ties connects, together. It connects connects to nose out in that way. And and so like as it happened, I was like, "Oh my god." And then I realized what I'd said to my friend a few months earlier. Um, and I was correct, and it I was I was just completely stunned. And and then so I, I think actually after that, I went and saw the Ang Lee film Ride with the Devil. Uh, I did a double bill. Hmm. And then I went, uh, some friends gave me a call uh, uh, and, I, and I I went and met them. And I think, you know, we did. I think we went bowling, actually, to be honest with you. And then after that, they were like, do you want to go to the cinema? And I was like, well, I've already been to the cinema and I saw two films today. <laughs> um, but they wanted to see The Sixth Sense. So I was like, I don't mind seeing that a second time because I really enjoyed it. I've and spoiled now, it for myself three twist. times already. <laughs> Yeah, I already know the twist, so now I can actually appreciate, like, the, you know, the clues that are throughout the film. Um, so, you know, obviously I went and saw it a second time. But then um, a couple of weeks later, I saw my friend that I had obviously seen, um, you know, Blair Witch Project with, and he complained that I had ruined that film. And I was like, I didn't know. I was just joking. <laughs> That's great. I just said that as a joke. And I did... And 20-something years later, he still kind of holds it. Against I'm sure. Me that I basically... I'm sure. Without knowing, I ruined so, The Sixth Sense for, for my friend. The
1: moral of the story, I think, is even telling somebody there is a twist can ruin something. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I remember yeah. watching The Sixth Sense, and I'm sure I was told, you know, I won't, you know, like, something about, you know... We're not going to I'm not going to tell you by friends who'd seen it. I'm not going to tell you what happens. It's just that you should go see it. That's a little different than, oh, there's a big twist and I'm not going to spoil it for you. we are <laughs> like, as soon as we know that we start anticipating it. And so this, of course, is a long way to reach back uh, to talking about Last Jedi. So I think one of the other problems with that movie or those sequel trilogies is that we were all as fans of the movies expecting twists and so like as soon as force awakens finished as soon as force awakens finished people were yeah. saying like well it, you know is Rey secretly um related to obi-wan kenobi because that's what happens in these movies you know there's there's secret patronages and stuff and so i think in that movie they had to like they knew that people were expecting twists and then they had to like zigzag 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 to the point where it's like they overthought it um so that's a long way to say like your story is hilarious um <laughs> i uh I, but i think like you were already in trouble for the fact that just somebody said there's a twist ending you know like yeah. as soon as you start doing that you're like okay well i'm i'm already keyed in to look for it it's kind of weird and it's weird that i didn't do it for something like Knives out, but I almost think like there that's different than being like by being a murder mystery. I know that there's going to be twists and turns and all sorts of stuff. And in a way, the ending (laughs) to really go back on all our talk, the ending is not so much as important or the big twist ending is not like so important as all the twists you're encountering along the way. And the movie does a really good job of making those twists along the way very entertaining and paying off it's it's a like i said it's sort of a magic trick it's a delicate uh thing but it's different because i know by going to a murder mystery it's like oh well there's going to be like twists and turns i can anticipate or can't but it's another thing to say like hey this movie you have no idea what it is there's a big twist in it you're like oh okay
0: i I think also from that point on obviously that is what kind of started to undermine m night chamlin's yes absolutely Everyone expected a twist on every single Absolutely. film. And then you go in expecting that. Whereas that I think with Murder right. Mysteries, you do kind of go in expecting a twist of sorts, but the twist is just the reveal of who the murderer is. Right. And, and you always expect that it's not going to be obvious. And then so. the twist, the added twist, like the
1: overarching twist of something like Knives Out in particular, is how it's framed around uh, like American politics. Right. Or how it's framed around uh, high class, low class, upstairs, downstairs stuff. And, you know, all of those things were the unexpected twist that I got from it. Like, I was not necessarily anticipating those things. But then when it started happening, I'm like, oh, man, they're really talking about a lot of stuff. And it's funny and it's insightful and sort of interesting as opposed to just, well, here's the murder (laughs) and here's the weapon. Try to guess it. Like. No, you have to deal with like <laughs> this guy who's like a racist and this guy who's super privileged and this person who's a flake. You know, like that's where their twist lied for me. I didn't know all of that going in.
0: But also the literal twist is the knife is fake. But uh, then the knife know, like, is fake. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's that's like a kind of small twist that's put in there. It's a small it's like,
1: twist. You know, that's the small twist that got them out of. The ending. But it's like, yeah. like we said earlier, you know, we can debate on and on about whether Ransom should have tried to kill her. Whether he tried or not, the end result is still the same. He's going to jail. Yeah. Like, there's not a there's not an actual weapon there. Like, he can attack her, but it's still the same outcome. Either he attacks her and he goes to jail, or he doesn't and he goes to jail. So it's just like an added super movie twist to be like, oh, but it's also this, and we set that up, and that's fun. Uh, but it doesn't but it's not something you have to like you you didn't have to tell anybody oh by the way there's a fake knife don't tell (laughs) it you know like it it kind of doesn't matter um in the grand
0: scheme of things whereas i definitely did spoil the six that's so perfect realizing
1: i i can't believe i haven't done that to my friends before it'd be like by the way (laughs) oh my god i'm so sorry i mean i think that
0: I think the funniest thing about the the Sixth Sense spoiler as well is that that is something I think within like culture for the last twenty years, if people start talking about spoilers, uh-huh. the first thing people will do is spoil the Sixth Sense.
1: It was really good, man. I mean, yeah, that and and like you say, sort of to his his Shyamalan's uh, career demise, it kind of hampered him. It was the thing that people knew him for, which is really a shame because *The Sixth Sense* kind of stood on its own anyway. It didn't rely on the twist. Like that story, that movie is well done up to that point. That was just icing on the cake. Oh yeah, and yeah. and then and I think... by the end, it was like, "Well, what twists are you gonna do?" You know, <laughs> like yeah. everybody wanted the twist, and was like then he lost sight of all the other stuff. Where it was like interesting characters and in story and 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 taught filmmaking and, you know that that's where it kind of fell apart
0: it is it becomes much like the uh the meme of, from the simpsons of bart um saying his line and people waiting in anticipation for him <laughs> yeah, to say, say the line, the line. And it's like what's what's the twist yep. what's the twist yeah. night uh which is obviously his middle name uh, his, his first name is manoj um oh, thank you. so uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it just became this weird joke That as soon as somebody said, don't tell me about spoilers Everyone would instantly go, oh, Bruce Willis is dead in The Sixth Sense Yes And it's like, it's, I mean, to the point where In the Adam Sandler film, Fifty First Dates It's lit, like, they they watch The Sixth Sense every single day <laughs> um, Yeah, that's she right And obviously, she doesn't because remember. she's lost her memory She doesn't remember, yeah. so she's always shocked by the twist That's great In The Sixth Sense and that's so it became like a running gag in that film, which is kind of interesting, like an interesting use of uh, yeah. of like media to be like you know this is so well known that everyone knows the twist in in you know in the culture that this one character is the only one who can still be shocked by the twist in the sixth sense yeah um, so, and again but obviously now there are yeah well this is it every single day um obviously now there are many children who haven't seen the sixth sense who probably will be also be shocked by the twist so that will that will go on for generations to come so. Uh, But, you know, I feel like we've said about as much as we possibly can about the film Knives Out at this point. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug for?
1: Oh, there's probably a few things. Um, You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at my name. That is uh, Philip Mottas, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-M as in mountain, O-T-T-A-Z like zebra. Um, Please do that. Um you could also check out uh my book. Uh it is a murder mystery. So if you've listened to this and you're like, I wish I could read something like this, but not a movie, um, I have that. It's called a book. Um it's called uh The Murderous Haircut of the Mayor of Bel Air. Uh I believe that um I'm making up this impassioned speech. Uh but I believe that someone who's a fan of Knives Out who likes their murder mystery with like a little bit of awareness, a little bit of humor, but also like like still dealing with story and and paying things off and setting things up and paying things off. Uh, I think that is the book for them. Um, it is the first in my Psychic Barber Murders series, um, but I would love it if that uh, if that was checked out. Uh, it's available for pre order uh, if you're in the past, and available for sale uh, if you're in the future from September.
0: And you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Minute, uh should that you wish to do that. And also at this point, late stage in the game, but still worth it to rate and review uh, on the podcatcher of your choice. I think for most people yeah. it is Apple Podcasts, uh, given the data that I get from my uh, host. Uh, so, you know, and then less people are on stuff that's on Android, which I don't understand because most of the phones in the world are Android. So I don't know. Uh, I your, guess there's a certain type of your person Your Your
1: key demographic yeah. is... Oh, actually, wait. I, I have a... Late, <laughs> here's a sudden twist. Um, okay. So my son found out that uh, iPhone, Apple, has a clause where villains in movies cannot use iPhones. Um, yes. So I think it's in this movie. Ransom does it not is. have an iPhone. No. And... He... he I, my son pointed that out after we were done. Where he's like, yeah. he doesn't have an iPhone. I'm like, you're right. He doesn't. He's the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another Yeah. He figured and, it out. The guy's dead all the time.
0: And and Harlan has an iMac. Yeah, see? In his in his study, so he's obviously a good guy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, obvious.
0: Although Sort of. I mean, we rated them all the other day in terms of how good. Well, they get around it too.
1: Was. They get around it too that I think a lot of different people use a lot of different phones. So, you know, you can't yeah. just. And it's in other movies too, where it's like, okay, just everybody has Sony phones or something. You know, then you don't have to play that game. But it was funny that he figured that out because, of course, he's paying attention to phones even when he's not using one. Um, yeah. But he was like, oh my gosh, look. And like, yep,
0: you're right. Um, yeah. And if you wish to hear more from me, uh, you can always listen to uh, new episodes of T. Hanks for The Memories, a podcast about Tom Hanks. Uh, those come out on Saturdays, So this is Friday. So listen to the new episode uh, tomorrow. Uh, I think we're still in the 80s. So, um, you know, the, the, the time when Tom Hanks would would generally just yell at people in films. Um, <laughs> his, his yelling his, stage. His trade, Yeah, his, tra- his trademark yelling stage. Uh, there's also a crossover with his peeing stage uh oh, sure. he did that in the money Pits. yes yeah, and then he really got it in the 90s he really got into that like all these characters really really peed that's true um, yeah so forrest gump
1: made it yeah the big yeah okay interesting the, the guy
0: out the guy out of the league with own the the, the 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 entire plot of the green mile revolves initially around him not being able to pee so
1: that's why he's know, america's favorite actor everybody
0: loves tom hanks and that is why i decided to do a podcast about him so uh, and also, everybody loved "Nice Out, which is why I suggested this as a minute-by-minute minute podcast. So thanks for taking part in that, Philip.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun.
0: And otherwise, uh, next week we are in the credits, so stick around for that. Uh, even though there's not much going on on screen, I'm sure the hosts will find something to talk yeah,
1: about. Yeah, they'll talk about the Rolling
0: Stones and stuff. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, take care and uh, keep on...